According to Bryson, George was not such a bad husband and father after all. Exhibit A, she explained, was the Stegner house itself, which George had built with his own hands in the summer of 1917. It was the only four-gabled house in town, she said. There were a couple other gabled houses, but they were made from kits. I haven't seen a house anywhere hereabouts that had gables and was brand new built. So he was trying to do the right thing? I asked. More than the right thing. You don't build a house like that if you don't love your family. When Hadley and I toured it later, we didn't see any trap doors, but we agreed that it was a fine house and must have been hard for the family to leave behind. The rooms were small but comfortable, and the boys' bedroom faced out back toward the Frenchman River, which took a sinuous turn right behind the house. After the tour, we walked out back to the river, and Hadley threw sticks into the current while I tried to imagine it as Stegner saw it. He would often say of East End that, while it was a hard place to be a man, it was a great place to be a boy. He loved swimming in and skating on the river and building forts and roaming with a pack of boys, led by Cecil, his strong, athletic brother. He also loved starting mud fights and throwing rocks and causing mischief. He later described it as a Huckleberry Finn existence. East End was a failure place, ultimately, he wrote in his autobiography, but it imprinted me indelibly with the perceptions, images, memories, behavior codes, and attitudes that have controlled my life and writing ever since. While the Stegners lived here, their lives turned in seasonal cycles, from winter in town in the house along the river, to isolated summers when the family farmed their wheat fields to the south, down by the U.S. border, where Wallace lived the life of a sensuous little savage. But Stegner wasn't merely a little savage. It was here he learned to love books, too. If you have only three books, books mean a good deal to you, he once said. For most of the other boys, the imprisonment of school, from eight in the morning until four in the afternoon, was pure misery, but while he gobbled up any news he could get from the outer world, he quickly discovered that most of what the children studied seemed to have nothing to do with their lives, imported as it was from Europe, which meant they suffered not only from the rawest forms of deculturation, but the most slavish respect for borrowed elegances. But that didn't stop Wally. He was hungry to learn, and he was good at it, a natural, just the way Cecil was with sports. He had his father's appetite for huge, challenging work, but he found that this applied to the life of the mind as well as it did to clearing fields. It was in East End that Stegner's ideas about the frontier developed by living a life about as close to frontier life as you still could in 1912. Stegner wrote, The exacerbated personal freedom of the frontier left us with myths, a folklore, a set of illusions that are often comically at odds with the facts of life. This was where he saw the way the folklore of hope led people to plant crops in a dry land, and the way the land itself, through drought and winters filled with blizzards, seemed to try to shed people off it, like a dog shaking off fleas. He watched as his father threw himself into taming the land, trying to make it yield its fruits up to him, and in George Stegner's failure in Saskatchewan, the son saw that an individual, no matter how energetic or determined, could only do so much against the vast land and extreme climate of the West. In the end, the true result of George's heroic efforts was to help create a dust bowl. In Wolf Willow, his son wrote, 
How does one know what wilderness is meant to Americans unless he is shared in the guilt of wastefully and ignorantly tampering with it in the name of progress? And the vein of melancholy in the North American mind may be owing to many causes, but it is surely not weakened by the perception that the fulfillment of the American dream means inevitably the death of the noble savagery and freedom of the wild." We now dream of a wilder time, while those living then dreamed of a tamer one. We secretly worshipped the mountain men because they were so wild, but the end result of their labors was the extinction of the beaver and the taming of the West. We loved the frontiersmen who finished off the frontier. Huge expenditures of energy are required to tame a place, to make it even marginally profitable. But what does one do with that energy, those habits learned once the place is tamed? Can we just turn these things off? Of course not. We have never-